0: Hi everyone, this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 126 and tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 127 A Matter of Blood Part 1 and it's interesting, on the YouTube thing it says, the battle for Dana's soul begins mm, Yeah, pretty interesting They're really fond of doing the three-part episodes nowadays aren't they? They are, I'm wondering if do they have new writers coming in to help them with this? Is that why we're doing so many three-part episodes, or do they just it might be? Because I know a lot of times on Night Vale they've just had an ongoing storyline, but now they seem to want to limit it to like this storyline for this many episodes, and then this storyline for this many episodes. Yeah, but we've got a lot of dangling things left over from the last episode that they didn't address at all. Like we still don't know what was going on with the Pancake House. What is it that Carlos doesn't want to talk about? And then we jump into this. And it's a callback to the first season episodes. Well, and this isn't the only time that they've had storylines that have been sort of left dangling. I was thinking about this the other day. Do we know what's going on with Hiram McDaniels and the fact that his violet head has been, you know, killed in a botched execution? No, I don't think we do. Have we even seen him since the death? I mean... Is the head still on him? I don't know. The last thing we heard from them was Hiram McDaniels calling off all of the dragons to stop attacking Nightvale. So I don't yeah. think we even saw him when that was happening. Yeah, you're right. They're not afraid of doing dangling plot lines, but remains to be seen. But we started out the episode with a pretty neat quote. Yeah, sleep like there's nobody watching. <laughs> love how they do stuff like that. It's, their Twitter feed is full of stuff like that, too. If you guys aren't following Nightville on Twitter, whether or not you're listening to the show, the Twitter feed is great for that kind of like little bite-sized chunks of weirdness. Yeah, the today's proverb fits really neatly into a tweet every time. Yep. So we started out the episode with a statement from Mayor Dana Cardinal, which is it's four years into her candidacy, however you say that word, and it was a statement, but she didn't really intend it to be a statement. No, she had mentioned to Cecil that she wanted to consolidate the government's power so that she, as mayor, she wanted to be in charge of both the vague yet menacing government agency and the secret police, but she was kind of in the early stages of this, so she really didn't want Cecil to, oh... And then Cecil tries to backtrack and just says, this was an installment of fan fiction, where I make up stories that totally aren't true. Cecil cannot keep a secret. He I mean, really it's can't. just not possible. No, he also can't read ahead, I don't think. This isn't the first time that he's been given something that's finished up with, oh, by the way, we don't want you to spread this information. Right. So the news for this week is that it's the 500-year event called Blood Matter from Space. And Cecil doesn't go into a lot of detail about that, except to say that uh, you're supposed to bring a potluck and some herbs and galoshes because you're going to need them. (laughs) Well, he also said that, like, the astronomers and the astrologers say that this is possibly going to be the biggest blood matter from space that's ever happened, but that it's kind of hard to really prove that because most of the records about this have been like really sloppily scratched out with a bunch of ink lines and then a note saying sorry, top secret, love the government. God. And the government apparently sometimes gets a jump on that kind of like top secret thing by actually going to big events that they're going to want to not have happen in history and stuffing socks into people's mouths. So yeah, they're, they're pretty on that kind of thing. They also, while they're stuffing the socks in people's mouths, are going, la la la, we can't hear you. (laughs) So we went on from there to Cecil's theater of the mind. And so Cecil had us close our eyes and imagine being in this theater where the show's about to start. And you kind of have to pee, but the line is sort of long, so you realize you don't need to pee after all. But maybe you kind of do, so you sit down and wait for the show to start and plan how you're going to get to the bathroom during the intermission. And ten minutes after the show's supposed to start, the curtain finally comes up. And next week on Theater of the Mind, we'll actually get into the actual show. <laughs> Great. Yes. Well, that would be Cecil all over. But uh, after the this little segment, we get some reactions from the secret police and the vague, menacing government agency about Dana's plan, and nobody's happy about it. And nope. yeah. And also, Dana's acting kind of weird. She's sort of like running into people's businesses and demanding to know where she is. And when they tell her that she's right there, she gets really angry and she leaves. This becomes easier to understand later on in the episode. Yep. Before that, though, Cecil sends us off to the traffic, which was interesting. It was about a girl on a plane looking at the clouds from above and sort of thinking about that. It was very cerebral, the whole thing, like the traffic usually is. Yeah, it is. And also the fact that she was really nervous about what would happen when she landed because she's going to lose her job. Not that she knows that yet. Like, okay, we just got even weirder than usual. Right. And after that, we went into the sponsors, and I'm not really sure how to sum up the sponsors. I, know I I don't, sorry, (laughs) not a clue. There was a thing about a vase in a backyard and everybody's going to die, but that doesn't have anything to do with the vase in the backyard. After all this rambling, I like how it sort of wound up and it said, this message was brought to you and that's it. (laughs) So so. So basically you're going to die, but it doesn't have anything to do with the vase in your backyard. So don't worry about the vase in your backyard. Kind of like, don't think of an elephant. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so there's more conflict about the mayor's plan, and then Cecil, in the middle of the broadcast, gets word about something that happened when a traffic officer approached Dana. Yeah, she killed him. (laughs) That was just like, what? Yeah, so now Dana is wanted for murder. Cecil has no idea what's going on, so he sends us off to the weather oh, and I love the weather. It was an instrumental, which always works for me when it's an instrumental. Yeah. But in this case, it was kind of like an Oompa band, you know, kind of like that, that beat that you can't help but dance with. But it was also kind of by way of the Munsters and maybe a a 1960s spy TV show theme song. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with a little bit of Squirrel Nut Zipper in there as well, I kind of felt. But it was <laughs> called Jacuzzi and the band is called Muka Paza, and you You better believe I'm going to be looking up some of their stuff. It was just a really neat kind of big band sound, but just it made you smile when you were listening to it. It was a great song. Yeah, I love that. So we come back from the weather and Dana has actually issued a statement like and we get her own voice issuing this statement. Yeah, she's reminding everybody about what happened during the sandstorm episode, which was like Mm -hmm. season one, I think. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. yeah, yeah, where she met her double, and she w- attacked it, or maybe it attacked her, but she killed it with a stapler, which was exactly as brutal as you would imagine, except she thinks, maybe, I mean, what if I'm the double, and I killed my original? Well, all this becomes a little bit less academic when she says, she's looking at herself right now, and herself... Their hands are covered in blood. So what she had been referring to earlier on in the statement about the fact that she'd been framed for murdering the uh, the traffic cop or whatever, I don't think she was framed. It looks like it was her double. And that would explain why she was angrily bursting into people's businesses. She wasn't saying, where am I? She was saying, where is Dana? So we have the double is back. And Cecil even wonders, during the episode... Was that? Cecil didn't see his double. That wasn't the same episode as when he first met Kevin, was it? I don't remember exactly, because I think Sandstorm was in two parts, and I think he may have actually met Kevin in the second part. But there have been a lot of people who have said that Cecil looks like Kevin. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So, oh, my God. So does that mean we have the Kevin version of Dana here, like from a world where they decorate with teeth and blood? I don't know. That's a good point. Although, I don't know, because she can actually recognize that it's another Dana. And Cecil has never been able to look at Kevin and think that it's a mirror image of him. Yeah, but... Bless his heart. Cecil's pretty oblivious. Know, <laughs> well you know? this is true. He's also been usually a kind of scared of mirrors, I think, so maybe he yeah. doesn't quite know what he looks like. That's true. Oh boy, this got a lot more interesting all of a sudden than sure you know, was did. That? boy, doubles is one thing, but to have a version of Dana from Kevin's world, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Oh my fan goodness. artists, get on that. Oh, boy. Because I always like the renditions of what Kevin looks like. It's like an, a normal person except a smile that's been carved really, really wide. Oh, people do such great things. And and the cosplay of Kevin are always amazing. Yeah, lots of lots of being drenched in blood. Yes. But that was it for the episode. So that's part one of probably a three-part if they keep to their regular stuff. And, of course, the episode ended with an ad for Pounded in the Butt by my own podcast. And oh my God, I can't stress how irritating his voices i have to feel like this is some kind of performance art thing where they're trying to like only maybe maybe when people listen into the podcast it's completely different and this is just something to make sure that only people who are super curious actually listen to the podcast i'll never know (laughs) yeah i can't even make myself get near it at this point it's that irritating yeah hmm. so and if anyone else has actually listened to pounded in the butt by my own podcast could you let us in on whether or not it's really as annoying as those promos are because they're really annoying yeah they're pretty bad so anything else in the nerd world going on with you no, actually, I am on the road this time. Uh, went down to uh, Florida to visit the mom and the dad. And thank you for all the patience with putting up with the technical issues as we tried to set up. <laughs> I like, could not. I mean, i am literally got a laptop, a tablet, and my phone. And in some combination, we were finally able to make this work. But yeah, it took a while. Yeah, technology. Isn't it awesome? Oh, God. I want to punch technology in the throat. Well, I'll tell you something that we're going to have to talk about very soon. I finally did watch the first two episodes of Black Mirror. Okay, yes. Well, all right. I have been wanting to do something about this ever since Hannah started on the whole conversation because she's now watched more episodes than us. So I really feel like the reviews that we've done where we chat back and forth and then we save the, the whole chat uh, information as the review, I think that would really work well for something like this. But if you want to watch one more, it's the very next one and that one is the one that has Jodie Whittaker in it. So oh, and that was, okay. that was the one that I specifically wanted to talk about because back when the Internet Movie Database comment section was still a thing and nothing of value was lost now that it's not, there was a whole long conversation conversation about that third episode and i really want to get your guys's thoughts on that because it's just what it's trying to say is sort of up in the air depending on who's watched it okay all right well so the first episode was the one where the prime minister is being told he has to have sex with a pig to right. save somebody um, that's interesting. The second one, you know, that main actor is actually the same actor from the movie Get Out, which I didn't realize until I saw it. And that just really makes me want to watch Get Out even more because he was so intense in that second episode. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think he has a British accent in the movie Get Out because I heard him in this one. I'm like, well, I didn't know he was British. I'll be <laughs> Yeah, so that one was another one. And it's really, the three episodes that I've watched have all been about how exactly is technology ruining us as a species. And so, yeah, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts, Hannah's thoughts, all of that. We definitely need to do like one review post about that series. Yeah, and it's definitely going to happen because it took me a long while to sort of brace myself for watching it because everybody's told me it's so dark. And then I watched the first two episodes and I know the third and the fourth Fourth one are pretty dark, but I'm like, okay, I think I've got a handle on this. I think I can power through it. So, and everybody I've talked to says that the Star Trek episode, which comes a couple seasons later, I think, everybody says it's great and that we really need to watch it. Yeah, there's, but there's a few of them that I've, you know, heard about. I need to go check the chat logs or whatever about that, but yeah, they're. Apparently, if you stick with the series, there are some pretty amazing episodes. It's just managing to get through the bleak ones. And I think according to Hannah, it was like the fifth episode is the one that just hurt her soul. Yeah, I think it was the fourth because you would say that, no, you're right, it was the fifth because you hadn't watched the fourth because you heard it was dark. She watched it and thought, well, it's dark, but I can handle it. She's like, but the fifth episode. (laughs) I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, Oh, dear. Yeah, well... So in a completely different subject, Jade and I just went to see the movie Bad Samaritan today, which is David Tennant's new movie. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's fun. I think it's very enjoyable. I think the only complaint that people would have on a general level is it doesn't really do anything new. It is a very much, you know... Bad evil guy and the guy who's standing up to him, and it's a very solid three-act movie. You can definitely tell all the different parts in it. It's got a few plot holes that I have some issues with, but David Tennant is wonderful to watch because he's so evil. He's just <laughs> I, Is this kind of like a Kilgrave evil sort of thing? No, no, because I think Kilgrave did what he wanted but was on some level aware that he shouldn't. But this guy is more like evil for evil's sake because he really thinks it's fun, you know, Mm -hmm. what he's doing. Yeah, they didn't... I guess that would be my other thing, is they didn't end up going into a lot of reasoning as to why he is the way he is. But I don't know. I mean... And um, Carrie Condon has a line in this movie that is probably the best line I have ever heard a female in a horror movie say, and she delivers it so well. Like, the movie was made for me by this one line. I just thought it was great. (laughs) Okay, well, now I'm curious. Yeah, it's not a perfect movie by any means, but, you know, it's still, it's, I think it's worth a watch. It's fun. It's like a popcorn movie, you know, and lots of jump scares so be ready for it they do a lot and a lot of them are really good like i did not see a couple of them coming me and jader about doing that thing where you jump so hard you almost spill your popcorn <laughs> all right well i'll have to key myself up for something like that but i got a bunch of movies i need to watch i mean it occurred to me the other day i still haven't seen pacific rim and i've had people say th- th- you like transformers you like giant robots why have you not seen this movie yet yeah, and that's, you're talking about the first one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the second one is definitely fun, but I wouldn't necessarily say you need to rush out and see it. That's another one where it's just kind of like, eh, that one's fine, you know. I It doesn't quite hold up to me, the very special place that the first Pacific Rim had in my heart. Well, isn't it amazing that my standards are set so low when it comes to sequels? That if it's you know if it's a sequel to a movie you liked and it isn't god-awful, then they've succeeded. Yeah, and they they did succeed in that. It's not god-awful. I mean, it doesn't do anything amazing, but it's not god-awful. <laughs> and, you know, obviously the movie that we both have to go out and see immediately before we get spoiled is Infinity War. Yes! I still haven't seen uh, Ant-Man, and I still haven't seen seen spider-man and i'm wondering is it okay if i see infinity war before seeing those two movies i from what i've heard i think it probably is i would like to see spider-man before i see this one but i'm not gonna you know the opportunity comes up for me to see infinity war i'm gonna go see it My friend Alex, he had actually heard from somebody else that you didn't really have to be caught up on all the Marvel movies. He had not seen Thor Ragnarok, and he felt pretty lost watching Infinity War without that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, spoilers, Thor's missing an eye. I think you would need to know something about that. I would think it's one of those ones where you have to see the most recent episode of the big ones, like you got to see Civil War. You have to see Thor Ragnarok. You have to see Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Black Panther. You have to see Black Panther. Um, Iron Man was so long ago. I can't imagine nobody's seen that one yet. Yeah, I'm not even sure how much that applies because they've kind of ditched the whole Pepper Pot storyline, and I think that was the only. And he's obviously gone back to being Iron Man, which in the end of Iron Man, Iron Man Three, I think it was, he decided yeah. he was going to ditch all of the suits, and that lasted what five minutes. God, that was such a dumb way to end it. I still have a problem with that. It's just, what, why even go there? You know it's not going to stick, you know? Exactly. It's like, I'm sorry, if they had the courage to stick with their convictions on that one, Iron Man would no longer be a thing. Nobody thinks that's going to happen. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, That's that That was my problem with that movie. But at the same point, though, I liked Iron Man 3 better than Iron Man 2. I just thought Iron Man 3 was a little more interesting. I liked Iron Man 2 for the big fight on the racetrack with, uh, um, what's yeah. his name? I can't even remember the yeah. villain's name. I thought all that was pretty damn cool. But other than that, the rest of it, meh. Nah. It's a little forgettable, I suppose. Nothing beats the first one, though. I mean, no, I no, oh my God, that's still my favorite. I mean, it's yeah. like jockeying with the first Avengers movie for being my favorite one is the Iron Man movie. Agreed. And Avengers, I'm sorry, edges out just a little bit because that's where I decided when I liked Loki. I had the same thought. I was just like, wasn't any Clintosha in that first Iron Man movie? No, there wasn't. (laughs) I don't, I'm so, everybody I've heard of keeps talking about Infinity War and about how they're just, they love it, it's great, but they're kind of devastated. I'm like, oh God, who dies? Oh no, don't tell us. We're not asking asking to know no no please please leave no comments we're gonna watch the movie really soon honest yes we are yes we promise I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, all that stuff going on, plus all the PR stuff that the movie companies very nicely throw at us. And I guess next week, who knows, maybe we'll do our little Black Mirror conversation with Hannah or something else in the nerd world will pop up. Maybe we'll have a new episode of Alice is in Dead. I think we probably will, actually. And I'm trying to think... Will it be time for another Night vale episode by the time next week rolls around? No, I don't think so. It's a two-week thing, and we were really only, like, four days late with this one, so I, we've got a little bit further on that one. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, well, but anyway, why would we plan? Yeah, exactly. This is about as much planning as we do. What, do you think we should do this? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess, you know, so Yeah, so kind yeah, of, maybe. <laughs> so one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you later.